what's the difference between meditation, hypnosis, and visualization? We have lots of different words that we use to describe the functioning of mind and consciousness and how we engage in our world. And a lot of the time, these words have come about uh, because they're developed separately from different traditions who have different vocabularies, different languages that they use. And sometimes when we have a few different words like meditation, hypnosis, visualization, very often we have these different words simply because they've developed through different traditions. Different theorists or researchers have coined these terms at different points. And that can seem confusing because they're not necessarily different things. They're also not necessarily the same thing. But more often what happens is if we imagine one general phenomena, they're kind of like different boundaries that have drawn uh, up uh, over the course of time. It's a little bit like cities. If you ever look back at an old map of a city back in medieval times versus today or even just 100 years ago, you'll often see that there's different boundaries drawn on fields and um they're just different different ways that uh, different counties and boroughs are, are, are divided and subdivided that might uh, overlap somewhat with today uh, or might not. Uh, as time goes by, we, we change these things. And the same thing happens really with, uh, with these types of uh, phenomena. We give them different labels. Sometimes we collapse terms together and hopefully we gain a, a more clear understanding over time. So to say a little bit about each of those words that was used, uh, meditation, hypnosis, and visualization, again, these are related concepts, and I personally feel it's, it's very helpful to learn them together. I'm a big fan of these types of concepts not being taught separately. Uh, it's fine, of course, to have specializations, but at least on a ground level to try and contrast and compare them to see what's similar and to see what's different. So there is no one universal book you can go to that will give you a God-given definition between them. But there are certain trends and tendencies in terms of how the words are used. So for the most part, and again, different practitioners will use the labels differently, so it can be a bit confusing. But for the most part, meditative practice, when we're talking about it, particularly in a therapeutic context, we're talking about the capacity to stop to perhaps be more mindful, although that itself is only one form of meditation, and to step back and to, to see the wood for the trees uh, in, in some capacity, so to have a little bit more room, a little bit more space to uh, perceive things, to, to see the world more clearly. Uh, hypnosis, a lot of the time what we're talking about with hypnosis is, in some ways, the opposite of the classic definition of meditation, of becoming more aware with hypnosis, a lot of the time, is we're trying to immerse our attention in something to the degree of really believing it and engaging in it, often on an emotional level. Now, again, there are many different types of hypnosis uh, and different usages, so it will vary. So when we're using hypnosis, for example, uh, it's, it's like reading a book. When you're reading the book, you, you know, you're not stopping and recognizing that there is a book in front of you and just becoming more conscious of the book. Although you're looking at the book, in a sense, you move beyond the book and you get caught up in the story that it's telling you. You start to believe the narrative to such a degree that you can change your heart rate, you can change how you feel just by identifying with the story being told. So these, again, they're, they're very general definitions because these words are used differently. But typically meditation, a helpful rule of thumb is to think of stepping back a bit and seeing the wood for the trees. Whereas the hypnosis is walking into the forest, doing a bit of forestry and really engaging 
uh, very often uh, stepping beyond the ability to observe that you're even doing it and stepping right into the act of engaging in doing it and getting caught up in the story. Visualization is uh, a word that's used in, in therapeutic purposes and in training, but it's also used in even computer science and data processing. So if we think about what visualization means, if you have a spreadsheet with loads of numbers in it, you create a graph, so you've done some visualization, you have something which is a graphic representation of, of information, essentially. So when it's used therapeutically or in training, a lot of the time what we mean by visualization is just forming uh, clear pictures of things uh, which can be helpful when it comes to goal setting and achieving them. So often hypnosis includes visualization, but it goes a bit deeper. Again, that bends. There's so many different usages, but a lot of the time when we use those words, you may do some visualization, but rather than just you know, picturing, oh yeah, that's what I'd like to achieve, you really step into it. You imagine the steps maybe that need to be taken to bring you there, and it's a bit like somebody telling you the plot of a film versus actually seeing the film. You, you, you don't just look at a picture of it. You don't just hear the concept, but you actually relate, you pace it, you narratively connect with it so that you start to feel emotion around the main characters, etc. You really engage in it in greater depth. Now, the word visualization itself... Um, We've got to be a bit careful because English is a very visually heavy language. We have words like visualize, which means, you know, the word vision is in it, to picture something, to see something, to imagine has the word image in it, etc. So uh, vision isn't the only game in town, though. So uh, generally when we use words like visualization, we also mean the auditory versions of those to hear. Uh, we also smell, taste, feelings physically and emotionally, a sense of balance, etc. So you know, all of this can be included if you imagine that you're about to run and jump over a ditch. So what, you, what you're feeling there, vision is some of it maybe, but it's not really the only part of it. There's that there's the feeling of the muscles, that sense of the balance of it, the feeling of the timing of it, the pacing of it, etc. So there are many more things we can imagine than just the visual. They all are relevant in their own way and sometimes more important depending on what we're trying to train or, or to achieve. So that's, that's some sense of, of some distinctions between meditation, stepping back a bit, hypnosis, kind of getting more immersed in a story and believing it, and visualization, which is sometimes a lighter version of what we do with hypnosis. So again, it totally depends on the usage. These words are so varied and they don't really have any one technical meaning in of themselves, but they're some of the common usages of them. More important, uh, although it's helpful to unpack the words in the way I've done there, more important though is to kind of move beyond the words and to think more about our system as a whole because the human body and mind doesn't have a distinction between meditation, hypnosis, and visualization built into it. It has different modes. It can be in different states. It can be in different ways that we can be active in different moments. And the more important question is, what's needed at this point for me? What is more helpful? So a lot of the time, you will do some combination, because it's very helpful to stop and to be meditative and to maybe focus on something, but to see some space between you and it, or just to be able to bring our attention inwardly and to be able to connect with uh, sensations in the body or other things we might have otherwise missed. So training our attention in that way is a very, very valuable uh, skill set to be able to build. But there are going to be times where 
the narrative or the story is going to be very, very helpful too. So like a pilot uses a flight simulator, being able to practice or rehearse something we want to get better at and really be there, that's the value of hypnosis and tools like virtual reality or books or films uh, supplement our ability to use hypnosis. We're, we're very good at storytelling as human beings, so it just enhances that. And then visualization, we're doing that just even when we're walking through town and we're thinking about what we're going to do, go next and we're, we're, we're picturing it and we're kind of imagining it roughly on a map or what turn we need to take. So these are all things we're good at and generally by default I recommend practicing all of the above because when you kind of stretch your body in different ways, it's good for it. When you stretch your mind in different ways, it's good for it. And you get good at being able to discern what mode you're in. Are you in the mode where you want to watch TV and get lost in a story? Are you in the mode where you want to turn it off and go outside and do something else? Maybe you don't want to watch a whole documentary of something. You just want a picture of it. So there's different degrees of immersion and depth that might be appropriate depending on what we're trying to achieve.